Hey there, this is Brian Smallwood, and thank you for listening. Uh, I am in a current devotional uh, mode where I read a devotional every morning, and I also watch about 20 minutes of preaching. And in this morning's uh, devotion, devotional that I read, it talked about the difference between facts and truth, that uh, uh, the Holy Spirit does not bear witness to facts, the Spirit bears witness to the truth. Uh, 1 John 5, 6 says, this is the one who came, talking about Jesus, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. It is the Spirit who testifies and bears witness because the Spirit is the truth. So that difference between facts, which are real, and the truth, which is a higher reality, that the Holy Spirit in the believer is not going to bear witness to the facts of a situation or to a physical situation in your body or in your finances or in your marriage or in your family. The Holy Spirit's going to bear witness to the truth. And the truth throughout the scripture is consistent is the Bible, the Word of God. That's why it's so great if you're going through something, if you can find verses in the Bible that seem to uh, speak the truth and and, uh, apply directly to the situation that you're dealing with and begin to meditate, uh, starting out with memorizing and then progressing into meditation over and over on those verses and apply them to your situation because the Word of God is... Uh, being the truth is superior to the facts. When I was a little kid, and I spent a lot of time in the Word as a little kid, which highly unusual. It just it well, it was the Lord, but it. it I don't expect that most people did. And uh, my favorite verse, like through middle school and high school, would have been Romans four nineteen. Um, and actually, you have to do nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one together. And it's speaking about Abraham, speaking about the fact that Abraham was almost a hundred years old. Sarah was about ninety. They had been promised and confirmed promised by the changing of their names that uh, that Abraham, particularly, and Abraham and Sarah as a covenant couple, would be the father, the parents of a multitude of peoples, of a mighty nation, and. Um, So this is describing Abraham before Sarah got pregnant, but when he was 100 years old, and it says, Romans 4, 19 through 21, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated or he considered in the King James, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet with respect to the promise of God. So the 19 gives us the facts. He's 100 years old. His body is as good as dead. And Sarah's womb at 90 is is equally dead since she couldn't conceive in her 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s. Um, So those are the facts. But verse 20 shifts into the truth because it's the Bible. It's the word of God. Verse 20, yet with respect to the promise of God, Abraham did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God because he was fully convinced or fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. 
for some reason, this just thrills me. And, and, and unfortunately, so many believers don't know the word. They don't spend time with the word or meditate. And you don't have to be a Bible expert. You could pick a, a short verse that applies to something you're going through, and you can just own it and believe it and stand in it. Standing in generic faith that God's going to work it out is nowhere near as potent or real as having uh, specific Bible verses. Now, the thing about Abraham that I love is it doesn't say he was in a place of denial. Denial is not faith. Acting like some problem doesn't exist is not the Christian walk. Um, uh, He considered his own body now as good as dead since he was 100 years old. But, But realizing the condition of his body and Sarah's body, then he turns to the word of God because God spoke specifically to him. And he said, look at all the stars, so shall your descendants be. And, and then changing his name from Abraham to Abraham. Abraham means father of a multitude of nations. And, um, and so he was standing on uh, the, the truth. And then the Holy Spirit can give witness and bear witness to the truth and not bear witness to the facts. Now, a little, little known truth about Abraham is people think well, he's 100 years old. I bet, if, I bet if I asked 100 Christians, four people wouldn't know this. But when he was about 100 years old, he, uh, Sarah has Isaac. And by the way, I absolutely love Sarah. And if you ever want to read God's view of Sarah during this situation, read Hebrews 11.11, 11, stunning verse about Sarah in this situation. But most people think that Abraham basically had Isaac, and that was it. And then eventually he and Sarah died, and then Isaac goes on, marries Rebecca, and then they have Jacob and Esau, and then Jacob has the 12 sons, and on we go. Most people don't realize that Sarah died before Abraham. She gave birth to Isaac, some years went by, and then Sarah died, and Abraham was a widower. And then Abraham, who Lord knows how old he is now, he's got to be like 105, 6, maybe 108, I gotta, I'd have to think through um, Isaac's life to figure that one out. But so now Abraham is older. He's now a widower and he takes a second, he takes another, a new covenant wife. And her name was Keturah. And, uh, he ends up having six more sons with Keturah, which means he had a total of seven sons with his two covenant wives, Sarah and Keturah. So I don't know, you know, God does exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. And uh, Abraham was just asking for one son so that his line would be continued. But I really believe that in the, in the process and the drama of faith, as Abraham believed God's word, as opposed to his circumstances, um, God went above and beyond just Isaac to give him six more sons in his old age that he would have seven. And seven is the number of completion. Seven is the number of perfection. And uh, I just think it's fantastic. Now, um, two more things. How would it apply to you? Well, let's say you currently have, uh, you know, a physical ailment and you go to the doctor, you know exactly what it is, you're following whatever the doctor told you to do, but at the same time, and which are facts, uh, but at the same time, you know that at the cross, before Jesus went to the cross, he went to the whipping post where he was scourged in his back, 
And someday I'll do a teaching about specifically Jesus being scourged uh, as opposed to all the sacrificial animals in the Old Testament that are pictures of Christ and the efficacy of the cross. None of them were scourged because they were all about shedding innocent blood for the remission of sins or actually the covering is, is more appropriate with animals of sin. But Isaiah 53 tells us that by his stripes, which he bore in his back when he was scourged, we are healed. So the fact is you might have this physical ailment, you might have a name for it. The truth is by his stripes, you are healed. And it's not a place of denial, it's the mystery of faith. But it's not just faith that God loves me, it's faith in the word of God, specific things in the word of God. Now, uh, Adam and Eve, when they fell in the garden, uh, they also had a Bible. Now, their Bible was very brief. <laughs> you know, God spoke directly to them, which is what the Bible is. It's inspired words that have been recorded by secretaries for us to have. And um, God had said, you can eat freely of all the trees in the garden except the tree that's in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. So when the serpent... Uh, deceives Eve. And by the way, Adam was right next to Eve when he did that. So instead, instead of all blaming Eve, we should realize Adam could have stopped that at any point. And the scripture bears that out. But anyway, so when the serpent is deceiving Eve, he doesn't go after God directly. He goes after the word of God. He says, um, what does God say about in other words, what is the word of God about this tree? And Eve uh, misquotes scripture, which is, you could make a thing about that. And there probably is a thing about that. Um, but Eve says, well, he says, we can eat freely of all the trees of the garden, but we cannot eat of this tree, the, knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For even if we touch it, which is not what God said, she added that to the word, uh, we shall surely die. Now, uh, the serpent then, now that, now that he's gotten the discussion onto the word of God that they believed and were obeying, he says straight up, you shall surely not die. So he doesn't attack God. He doesn't say God's a liar. He doesn't say, follow me, I'm a better spiritual whatever than, than God is. And of course, uh, Lucifer, the serpent, they're all on a much lower level than God. They're created beings. But nonetheless, my point is he attacks the word of God. And once he attacks the word of God by saying uh, that word isn't accurate, you will not die. Now he's moved Eve off of standing on the word into just neutral, natural land. And he says now, and then he shows her the fruit and she begins to think naturally saying, oh, it's, it, it's attractive to the eyes, it's, it's delicious for food, it's a desire to make one wise. And then, but he had to move her off the word before he could get her to fall. So I think that's probably enough for one talk. But I just, uh, God bless you. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that anybody that gets to listen to this podcast, Letters for Lucy, in this particular episode, 
that they, whatever they're going through in their life, that you, Lord, by your spirit would lead them to specific verses in your word, in your Bible, that they can memorize and then meditate and believe and hold on to. Um, and that it would be like Abraham. It said that uh, he didn't waver in unbelief, but he grew strong in faith. May anybody listening to this as they meditate on Scripture, that they may grow strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully assured that whatever God has promised, he is able to perform. God bless.